Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Most of us understand the importance of flea prevention in allergic pets. And as we've talked about in the past, a lot of this depends on where you live geographically. But do you really understand the flea life cycle? To be honest, it's something that sometimes I have to remind myself about exactly, you know, what these fleas can do, how they can spread things. So I wanted to do a pretty basic episode on the podcast all about the flea life cycle, not necessarily going through different preventions and what they do, but understanding the different portions of the flea life cycle and why it is really important to have pets on consistent flea prevention if you live in an area, which is most of us, that fleas can be an issue. So remember that fleas have four life stages, the egg, larva, pupa, and adult. And this is why it's important to really educate owners that not all products are created equal, especially when we're talking about pets that have allergies. Speed of kill is extremely important. But traditionally, some of these products, if they didn't kill off fleas quickly, would also only affect one area of the life cycle. And so we'd be consistently missing, right? Because fleas that are living in the environment, they're not all the same life cycle. So we're consistently missing controlling some of that population all the time. So speed of kill and then where it kind of affects them in the life cycle, preventing things like laying eggs are all very, very important, which is why we want to really consider that when we're thinking of which products that pets are on and which ones we think are actually really consistently helping us. So let's start um, with obviously the beginning, the egg, and kind of talking about how that happens. A lot of this information I'm pulling from the CDC and from other resources too, um, but clearly there's a ton of info out there. So when we think about an egg, so after basically a flea adult finds an animal or humans, though they don't really prefer to be on humans. And sometimes I think that is the misstep is that owners will say, well, I'm not getting bit by fleas. And really, if people in the home are getting bit by fleas, that's not really where the fleas prefer to go. So then there's probably a huge problem if people are actually getting bitten by these fleas. But after that adult flea takes a blood meal, they'll mate and then begin laying eggs. They'll lay eggs in the fur of an animal and then just in the surroundings of the host as well. And eggs can hatch anywhere between one and 10 days. A lot of this really depending on the environment that that egg is in. You know, what's the temperature like? What's the humidity? What's always kind of crazy to think about is that one female can lay up to 50 eggs in a day. And obviously these can fall off anywhere. So again, I think people think, oh, well, I don't see fleas actively on my pet. But if a female is laying 50 eggs, those eggs are not just going to stick around and be right on the dog or cat. They're just, the dog moves, the cat moves. These eggs are going to fly off and fall into, you know, the carpet and even hardwoods like corners, things like that. And as that pet moves around, those eggs are just going to kind of going to go everywhere, bedding in their backyard if they have one, um, you know, in the furniture, just just about anywhere these these flea eggs can go. And they can go in numerous places of the house, which I think it's really hard for people to consider and think about. So after that egg hatches, 
the flea enters the larval stage. And so larvae, they can move around very freely and they will go feed on things like blood and flea feces, which we call flea dirt, which we all know the old trick, hopefully, where if you see kind of black specks on a pet and you're not sure if it's flea dirt or not and you don't see active live fleas, you can flea comb a pet and then put that on a paper towel, put a little bit of water in it, and it's just digested blood. So then that should turn a little, you know, pink or red color if it truly is flea feces. But these larvae are going around feeding on all of this stuff so they can kind of continue developing. So they'll feed on debris, um, you know, the feces we talked about. They don't really like to be where it's really bright. And so they like to move into more moist, dark areas. So we always traditionally think about them hiding inside the carpet fibers, like in the carpeting itself, you know, under couches, under beds, under baseboards. So sometimes I have owners who say, oh, well, I have hardwood floors. Like the fleas don't magically fall on the hardwood floor and say, oh, I can't exist here. So they'll go under baseboards, um, especially in areas of the yard that are not as exposed to sun. They can go and basically hang out. Um, and so once they've had that time, like five, 15 days of feeding on, you know, the debris, the flea dirt, they'll eventually spin a cocoon. And once that larva spins a cocoon around itself, that is when it enters the pupa stage. And essentially that little cocoon protects the pupa from all the environmental things that could kind of destroy it. It also can protect them from insecticides, repellents, um, for long periods of time, you know, for days to weeks in some cases. So because they enclose themselves in this little cocoon, they can kind of protect themselves and then they'll emerge as adult fleas. But they actually can wait in their cocoons for, you know, several weeks to even months, just kind of waiting for a host to come by. And until they really can tell there's a host there, they'll actually hang out in the cocoons, which is pretty smart, but can make it really difficult to fully get rid of them. They'll kind of sense for things like movement or heat from the body. And that may signal to them that, hey, there's a blood mill that I could go feed on because I notice all these things, vibrations, shadows, light changing, temperature changing because a body's by me and that's a warmer temperature. And so then... The adult fleas um, will emerge and then they begin to feed from the host and they can do it within a few hours of emerging from that cocoon. And then we restart the process and that they will mate and then begin laying eggs again. So though we can usually see fully grown fleas and that's what we think about seeing with our naked eye. Um, you know, certainly there's other live stages that are not as readily available for us or owners to see, which can be really difficult because all four of these live stages, if there's numerous fleas in the household could be happening all at the same time. And that's why it's really important for owners to know, know that yes, just because we don't see them and we all know this, but depending on how long they've been having fleas in the household, depending on how many fleas there are, depending on how many animals there are, depending on the environments the pet have been, I've been in, even if they frequent outside dog parks, you know, we all know even indoor cats, because there's so many different life stages that can be happening at the same time. And it's not a static thing, right? Like all of these things are always changing. Like they're changing over when there's movement, they're changing over, you know, this one may be in an egg stage right now, but this one is protecting itself in a cocoon as the pupa stage. 
All of those things can happen and that's what can make it really, really difficult. And sometimes that's why we even see with good products, they will not fully be responsive, you know, in the first month. Like sometimes it takes time because you are basically trying to kill off certain stages of life cycle. You're trying to make it so the females cannot lay eggs um, and that you're trying to control everything that's going on between those four life cycles in that more immediate environment that that pet can be on. You know, a lot of times owners will say, oh, but these pet, these flea preventions, the pets still get bit. And that's true for a lot of them. Um, What I always tell owners is if we, there's very occasional products that have some repellency to them. So one I think of obviously is like Vector 3D with Promethrin, which you obviously cannot use in cats and you just use in dogs with the 3D portion of it. But in general, there's not going to be a force field around these pets. You know, for most of us, that's not going to be a safe thing for us and our kids and other pets to be rubbing on pets that are going to irradiate stuff that's going to kill parasites. So it is based on controlling the flea life cycle, killing these things fast so they cannot get a blood meal um, that's going to allow them to lay eggs and just keep perpetuating these four life stages. So that's kind of how I explain it to owners is, yes, of course, we have certain things like Sresto and Vector 3D that can have some sort of repellency to it. Um, But ultimately, in, in my mind, the best things are those that are well tolerated and that can cause them to die really, really quickly after a blood meal. And if we can keep those pets consistently year round in most areas on these products, then, you know, that's going to allow us to control that population. So they're just not really getting that exposure because we're not allowing those pets to have the blood meals for long periods of time. So they can't continue to have that population that they're going to feed. And then of course, with the ISOC Saslines, the other benefit though, we're focusing on the flea life cycle today. The other benefit is that we're going to eliminate the other ectoparasites that could be causing pets to be itchy. So, you know, research shows us that, you know, notoedries, scabies, even demodectic mange, you know, probably chylotail and lice, like all of these are seem to be really affected by the isoxazlines. By keeping them consistently on it, then we know that we're probably ruling out ectoparasites in general. And then if they're not fully responsive, and I usually tell owners, hopefully within you know a month, we see good response because we're using other medications, whether it's Epiquil for a dog or steroids for a cat or whatever we need to use, because they need to be comfortable while we're starting this process. We're also identifying secondary infection. But it can take a month or two, I would say even a bit, you know, like two to three months of consistently being on that product before we may be able to fully get them off the antipyretic if it is related just to a flea allergy and not something else like atopic dermatitis. So, you know, it can take a little bit of time. So I forewarn owners about that. But if we do, you know, a few months of everyone and not just the pet that we're treating, but every pet in the household, every, you know, dog and cat that's there is on good isoxazoline prevention. And after a few months, we're not able to fully take away the antipyretic. Then that's going to signify to us that there's probably something else going on. Like, and don't forget, multiple allergies can be there at the same time, right? So they could be better. So we need to continue the flea control, but maybe they truly are atopic or they have food allergy or something else. So I hope that's helpful. I always really like to go back to the basics in some of these things. You know, why does it matter? How sneaky can these fleas be? Also to give you more information that you can use to educate your clients 
And all this information, like I said, is available on the CDC website um, and lots of different resources online. So I hope you really find that helpful learning about the flea life cycle and why it's important to educate our clients the importance of prevention, especially in these itchy pets.